0: Good morning. It's so awesome to be in JP sharing again. Really, really awesome. I was thinking the last time I shared a message was when I was about ten weeks pregnant, and now there she is, three weeks old already. It's amazing. Um, I'm really excited for this morning and the little testimony Lloyd shared. We haven't. Lloyd doesn't know what I'm speaking about, and I didn't know what he was going to share. But I can see God's weaving his thread like he likes to do which is amazing. Um, So yes, so if you were here two weeks ago, we had a very special Sunday. It was a testimony Sunday with a few people sharing, you know, how God has moved in their life and I loved it. I was so inspired by it and just reminded um, of the power of our testimony. And um it is something that I think just encourages the whole the whole community and just reminds us that God can really come through in our situation if He's come through for someone else. So there's a scripture um, in the Psalm, Psalm 71, verse 15, and it says, I will tell of your goodness. All day long I will speak of your salvation. And it's a bit of a reminder that, we are called to tell of God's goodness. We actually almost have an obligation to share on the amazing things that he's done in our lives and because it encourages the community. And in Matthew 5:15, it says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And our testimonies can be a light to everyone in the house. So, I'm going to be sharing, obviously, on a testimony this morning, if you haven't (laughs) gathered yet. Um, And it's something I've actually never shared on before. I've always been a bit afraid, so it's a bit nerve-wracking, but also exciting. And then the share um, happened a while back. It started in 2009. So, in 2009, I was in grade 7. Okay, so this is quite a while back. Um, And... I was in in Woodridge, so Div and I actually, that's where we met, we are both in Woodridge. And um, yeah, if you don't know, Woodridge is like halfway between P.E. and Jeffreys Bay, kind of a school in the bush, um, <laughs> so it's very focused on the outdoors and doing all these outdoor activities. So from grade five, you start like trail running and mountain biking and canoeing, which I loved, I thought it was the best, and this kind of all builds up to a competition in grade seven, um, which we used to call adventure racing. So I thought it was amazing. It was, you know, a team and you got this map and compass and you had to go to all these checkpoints and cycle and canoe, and it was very fun. And um, the big event was a competition in East London where people from all these different schools would come and compete. And so that was what we trained for the whole year. So I was training for this. I was cycling with my dad on Saturdays, and we would go run up lady slipper um, in the afternoon at school to train for this race. So, yeah, I was doing lots of lots of training. And um, what, what happened, obviously, I was training a lot. I started losing some weight. And people were like, oh, you're looking good, you looking so nice. And I was like, oh, this is nice. These are nice compliments. This is like making me feel accepted and happy and um, good. And I better keep this up. And so being the like researcher I am and student I am, I went and you know researched everything there was to know about losing weight and calories and how much you should be eating and how many calories on every different type of food. And generally, if you just want to lose a bit of weight, you know, then that's fine. Um, But for me, it became a a problem. It became an obsession. And by the next year, when I went to high school, to grade eight, I'd become anorexic, proper anorexic. And um, my parents obviously became very worried about me and my friends became worried about me and my parents and i would fight every evening because why aren't you finishing your dinner and i didn't want to eat the food they made i wanted to have veggies and fish and it was a tough time in the house as you can imagine um and it was obviously yeah not a good time for me either and um i remember being so getting so skinny that the chairs at school, I could feel like my, my bones on the chairs and it wasn't the chairs, it was me. <laughs> Even though those chairs aren't always great. Um, and I can't really remember the how the transition happened but um, a few months of this and fighting with my parents, I found a wonderful solution to this these arguments that we kept having and that was that you could just eat what my parents made and even have some, some dessert and then go throw it up later on. And so the anorexia became bulimia. And for a while, this was working amazing because my parents thought I was getting better. You know, it looks like she's getting better. She's eating everything we're making. But meanwhile, I was actually just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And... Um, after a few months, my parents obviously figured out what was going on, and they sent me to psychologists. And like, what must we do with this child? <laughs> How do we help her get better? And um, then they would ban me from going to the bathroom after dinner, as any good parents would do. And um, but when you are so so ill and in such a terrible place, and like in this addiction, you find a way. So I would even take Tupperwares and put them in my room so that after dinner I didn't even need to go to the bathroom to throw up. It was it was hectic. And it was something that was controlling my life and I didn't even didn't even realize. And um after a while, like probably two years later in grade 10, this was going on and Obviously, it was affecting my body. It's really terrible for you. I'd never, ever had a filling in my life and started needing to get fillings because of all the damage I was doing to my body. And I kind of started deciding I didn't want this to be my life anymore. um, And I wanted to get better. But I was trying to do it in my own strength and like, okay, I'm going to work really hard and not fall into this again and then I'll get better for two weeks. and then something would happen and I'd eat something unhealthy and then it would just the cycle would just carry on and I just couldn't break out of this and the first breakthrough only came in my first year out of school so I struggled with this my whole high school and in my first year out of school the, the first step I guess in the breakthrough was actually divine finding out so for five years I'd kept this secret from him i didn 't tell anyone I was going through this, struggling with this. And um, so when he found out, he was obviously very devastated, as anyone would be. You know, why does someone who you care about, someone you love, someone that you think is is awesome, why would they do this? Why would they engage in this self-sabotaging behavior? It's very difficult to understand. And we had some difficult conversations. And um, I think that was when I finally realized that this wasn't something that was just peripheral to my life, that I could just, um, you know, carry on with everything else in my life and that was going good and I could just manage this thing that was on the side. It was actually affecting so many parts of my life and could, like, destroy our relationship. And um, a few weeks, actually, after that, my mom and I went to a women's conference at Father's House in North End. And um, one of the speakers was John Norman. He's a guy from the UK. I really enjoy listening to him. And he spoke a message on rejection, and it was a message that changed my life. Um, he, as he, as he was speaking, and as I was in the, the 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 room, God revealed this moment to me that I can remember. Like I can just remember everything about it, as clear as day. Um, and it actually happened when I was in grade five. And it was service day at school. And I was so excited for service day. I'd recently got this really nice outfit that my mom had bought me. And I was, you know, so excited to go wear it. And service day is always fun at school. It like, feels like a Friday. and Everyone's in a good mood. Um, so I was having the best day. And I remember at break time, um, walking past one of the really popular girls in our grade, and she, as she walked past me, she turned to her friend and said, I can't believe she's wearing that. She's an embarrassment to the school. And 10-year-old me, who heard those words, was totally crushed and totally believed those words and believed that I wasn't going to be accepted the way that I was that I wasn't good enough, just, you know, being who God had made me to be and that I needed to change. And so, two years later, when I got those compliments and felt accepted, I thought, well, this is what I need to do if I want to be loved and if I want to be, you know, accepted. And as God revealed this to me, it was just amazing and it felt like all these chains that had been On me for all these years were just broken and in that in in that that message he just told me you need to forgive this girl for what she said and I forgave her and it was just never the same again and I want to read from Matthew chapter 9 this is what it felt like to me it says as Jesus went on from there two blind men followed him calling out have mercy on us son of David When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. During that message, it felt like God had just restored my sight. And it was... It's amazing like you don't know how to explain it. it's something you've been stuck in bondage with for six, seven years and you've been believing this one thing and in a moment God can just change it. He can just completely change your your, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions and your actions and I just got complete healing and, and freedom in that in that um, that sermon and you know something about an eating disorder if you read, up about it, you'll see that the psychologists and the the experts in the field, they say you'll never um, be healed from an eating disorder. They say you'll always be in recovery if you read up on it, and it's always something you're going to have to manage in your life. But I don't think they've met God, (laughs) because He just brought the most complete, absolute freedom and healing to me, and just complete healing of my mind, my body, everything in such an amazing, amazing way when you know the experts say it's not possible, God can step in and do what no one thinks is possible. So this morning I want to take some some points out that I think we can all apply if there's a situation in our life where we almost feel just hopeless. You know, it's been going on for years. I can't break out of this. I can't get out of this thought pattern. You know, I actually need a touch of heaven and God to step in. How can we make the space for God to step in and actually allow Him into that situation or that circumstance? So the first point um, is that we need to believe. Just like I said in. In Matthew chapter 9, it says, when he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and Jesus asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do we believe that God can bring restoration to that situation? Do we believe that God can heal the anxiety or depression we're facing? Do we believe that God wants to heal our marriage? And then some questions that... A bit deeper that we actually might need to ask ourselves first is, do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that He actually cares about your day-to-day life and your day-to-day struggles? Do you believe that God has forgiven you for your past mistakes? Because if we don't believe that, we're not going to believe that He wants to bring healing to our situation. The blind men believed that they could see breakthrough, that God could completely heal them, and that is why... They saw their their breakthrough. We need to believe that we serve a powerful God who, like Lloyd shared this morning, can heal cancer, yield me, can can really just completely transform a situation. Then the second thing that I think we need to do is we need to fight alongside God. We need to fight alongside Him. In Ephesians um, chapter 6, it says that we are to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. It says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God. God tells us we're going to have to get in this fight with Him. You know, we're not called to just stand back and let God do everything. He tells us we need to get alongside Him. Because there are battles that are going to come our way. But he's given us all these things that we can use. He's given us armor. He's given us weapons. It says we are to stand firm with the belt of truth. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. Our feet are to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When I was um, finding, you know, my my complete healing, I needed to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That was the, the, the weapon that I needed to use, because for nine years, I believed one thing, and so my brain, you know, automatically, that's your default Position, And I needed to change that. You know, I needed my default position to be, I'm loved, I'm chosen, I'm accepted, I'm I'm perfectly and wonderfully made. And so every morning, I would take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I would read Psalm 139 and declare it over my life. It's my favorite, favorite Psalm. And I've got a few verses to share just because, well... Um, You'll understand why it was so impactful for me. It says, um, from verse 13, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I needed these words to sink into my heart. And so I would declare them every morning. I took up my sword and I said, not today, devil. (laughs) I've got my armor on, I've got my sword and declaration or or repetition um, is something that is so powerful and something we see so often um, in the scripture. You know, they didn't have bold underline, exclamation. They would repeat a word over and over again to say, this is important. You know, listen, Um, and we even see the gospel, the story of the gospel is repeated four times. It's like, hey guys, don't miss this this story. So I would repeat this over and over again so that it became you know, my, my truth and that I realized the truth of God's word. Are there some truths that you may need to start declaring over your life? Maybe Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Deuteronomy 28 13, you will be the head and not the tail. We need to be willing to get in the fight with God, to take up our sword, to put on our armor. And then the last thing that I think we really need to do if we want to, you know, see God just do miracles in in our lives because he does them is that we need to get a team. In Ecclesiastes, For it says, two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help them. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. As the church, we are called in Galatians to carry one another's burdens. We're called to be on one another's team. That's why we need the church, you know. And um, I think so often as Christians, we think, no one else will understand what I'm going through. I must be the worst Christian out there, you know. Other Christians, they're speaking in tongues in the morning before they've had their coffee then they're probably like leading Bible study at work with their boss, and their kids probably never cry. They're not going to understand what I'm going through. That's what the enemy wants us to believe, because it says, if you're by yourself and you fall, there's no one to pick you up. So it makes us think we're in this alone. No one will understand. How can we share this? I was too scared to share what I was going through with anyone, because it's like so embarrassing, and you know, why would I want to share this with anyone? But then you're stuck there lying on the ground with no one to lift you up. That's not the situation we want to be in. And that's also why testimonies are powerful, because then people realize, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. (laughs) Someone else is also thinking this or going through this. And um, I think there's so much power when you just, to one person, say, will you pray for me? Will you be on my team? Will you lift me up when I'm on the ground? That's... What community is is here for. That's what we are called to do for one another. In in kind of almost almost stunned, but um in closing, you know, life can be it can be difficult sometimes. We can face really difficult things. God never says it's gonna be it's gonna be easy and there's not gonna be struggles. It can be really, really tough. But we must never forget that God is faithful. And he does still work miracles, and he is a good father. He cares about our situations and our struggles. He, he deeply cares about them. It says these thoughts about us are more than the sand. I mean, how many grains of sand are there in the world? <laughs> can't put that on a imagine the president trying to say that number um, <laughs> but um he does he does care and and he is bigger and stronger than our situation, even if it feels hopeless. I was stuck in my situation for seven years. No one thinks someone's going to get better after that. It's like, oh, you know, may as well just give up. But not with God. He can change our thought patterns. He changed my thought patterns and he changed my life. And so this morning I, I want us to have our hope back you know for a situation that that seems hopeless that we've given up on I mean he he can move and and he can he can do miracles and um this morning I want us to pray faith a faithful prayer for for ourselves if there's a situation we're going through something we need to to break or for someone else maybe a family member or a friend um who really needs a touch of heaven and some miracle Holy Spirit power. So, um, and then, think, yeah, thank you, Rob. So yeah, can we stand? Thank you. God, thank you that you are still a miracle-working God, that you are powerful, that where the world sees hopelessness, no chance of healing, never going to get better, you bring complete and total freedom thank you that you are working here this morning and i just pray over every single situation that is represented here lord that you would just bring your mighty hand that you would just work god that you would just bring freedom that where there are chains surrounding people that they would be broken in jesus name that we, we, we are feeling blind and we, we need sight, we need revelation from you, that you would step in, God, and that you would bring that revelation. Lord, we, just, we trust you this morning with our struggles. And, and we also take up our armor, God, this morning. We take it up and we, we say we want to get in this fight with you. And Lord, finally, we just thank you for this community. Thank you that we would be good teammates to one another. Thank you that we would carry one another's burdens and pick one another up when others are, have fallen down. Lord, we just really just declare healing this morning and, and we come with faith and we just say, have your way, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.